Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Feeling Seen podcast. It is the podcast that talks about the movies that make us feel seen. And today, I am most honored to be joined by, uh, I'm, an, I'm a very special guest. Uh, she has been in this industry for uh, hundreds of projects, a decade long. You might have seen her work in production design in beloved films by the Rustic Collective, uh, Synchronic or The Endless or Something in the Dirt recently where she was production designer, all that and more. You might have seen her uh, first feature out into the world as a director of Vite Noir, which came out recently. There is more work to look forward to from Ariel Vida as a director in Trim Season, which is coming out not too terribly long from now, but I don't know that I can tell you when yet. Ariel Vida, welcome to the show. What else do the people need to know about you before we get started? I think you covered it better than... Uh, no, thank you for, uh, yeah, Something in the Dirt um, just came out, and I had the privilege of also second unit directing all the inserts yeah. while the guys were off um, with, with Marvel, which is a huge honor. And, um, yeah, it's just uh, the same, but within the same week, Vidnar and then Something in the Dirt came out, and it has been after a long pandemic of projects on hold or mm. being extended in post. Uh, yeah, feels like kind of the, the, the first time to be able to celebrate all of uh, the cast and crew's ridiculously hard work yeah. over all these years. No, I, I want to touch on something with uh, the Noir that just to get a sense of like your sort of personality profile as, as a human being and a filmmaker, how did you get in touch with the band Lord Huron, who is at the center of the Noir? How did you get a hold of them to become collaborators with them. We've got to go a long way back. (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely just... A huge fan, um, uh, not only of their, of their, of their music, obviously is is incredible, but their you know their their lore of the music videos. I first saw them perform uh, live on one of the late night talk shows. Mm-hmm. Didn't even realize they were from Michigan, and um, looked up their music videos out of curiosity, and they were just the most like blew my mind in terms of what music videos. Uh, I probably just hadn't maybe watched enough at that at that point in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the first video for a song called Time to Run ended with a, a based on the novel by George Ranger Johnson. Okay. They'll string me up for all that I've done. I'm going soon. I'm gonna leave tonight. So I Google George Ranger Johnson, and there's a website about all of his his books, all of these dime novels, mm-hmm. and he's a, a recluse in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so, I want to know everything, I want these books. But come to find out, he doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> this is this whole world the band has made. Wow. They were like, let's mix, like, spaghetti Western film references with, mm-hmm. like, Indian cinema and all these just, the, the Time to Run video alone had, like, subtitles in other languages. And I was like, what? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. And fast forward to... By being in the theater department, I saw a casting call. Was this at Michigan State? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd already, um, I'd, I had just finished college, but was still on the theater department list serve. <laughs> I'm really glad I hadn't done the proper things to get off of the, off of the mailing list and saw the casting call and literally cold emailed to be like, do you need any help with anything, <laughs> anything else? <laughs> They'd already moved to Los Angeles, but we're flying back to um, the just northern coast like literally like here on to film this video she lit a fire and i just very like just 
boldly emailed like, can I, are you considering other crew positions? (laughs) Um, And they were like, no, we are not. (laughs) And I was like, that makes, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, And so I emailed again to just be like, not, you know, just, just volunteer based, like, Hey, I have a camera. I have this, I can make props. I can make costumes. Like, could I, could I help? I was, I was, I tried to do what they tell you in college, like to be really formal first, but like, here's my resume for consideration in all department positions. (laughs) Do you you need a B camera second AC? Yeah. And then they were like, no, we're doing this like the five of us. And I was like, so can I just like help? Like, you're like, okay, fuck. Can I hang out? Can I, can I light arrows on fire and like make cloaks for you? And they were like, uh, sure. (laughs) Weirdo. (laughs) So uh, that was the first. Um, I'm still like ridiculously proud of it. That um, yeah, just just a few of us, which now only now in this booth, thinking of that ten years later, that that's still with Rustic. It's in, and with with them, with uh, Ben and the guys, with yeah. Miguel. It's it's the make movies with friends. It was just a few of us on the yeah. shores of Lake Huron doing this music video, and it was. A monumental moment of my life of like uh-huh. literally we were shooting this flaming arrow across the lake and I was like I feel like I am in Lord <laughs> of the Rings like this is this is what I dreamed of doing you know 10, 10 years ago when I saw Lord of the Rings and I was like how do you get into the film industry so two pivotal memories with uh, with these guys who are just Ben Miguel Tom and Mark just the most lovely people in the world um, having just met them and unloading a batch of swords. <laughs> In a parking garage in, in, in Michigan, in an Harbor, and being like, I brought these swords for you guys in case they would be helpful for your music video. <laughs> and then I was like, I want to be so useful on set. Yes. I've been told to be useful. So I had this jacket with a million pockets. <laughs> and at one point, again, nicest, most talented person, uh, Miguel, was like, do you have, um, you have gum by any chance? And I was like... Do you want fruity gum or minty gum? Because I have both. <laughs> Next to the hand warmers and the five-hour energies, I, I came as prepared as humanly possible. Please like me. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my first, like, uh, yeah, and, and trying to make a, a, a long story long that as we continued to work on other videos, they always had, like, a feature and more of of lore. Yeah, and you know Ben um, Ben has all these brilliant ideas, and so for the next five years of working on videos, I would just you know be be witness to the backstory of these videos. But the first one I had the honor to direct was the World Ender video, and. The, the big, bold follow-up question was like, hey, you always talk about these, you know, elaborate stories we only get to hint at in the videos. Mm-hmm. What if we did? This is this was my first, uh, my, my first pitch was, let's do a short film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be, this was me being mildly reasonable. I was like, let's, <laughs> let's do a short film for your next album. Mm-hmm. And and what I was shown, what you know, when when Ben gave just the overview of of, of events as a possible short film, I was like, this is a feature. This is, this right. is, <laughs> I don't want to cut any of this out. Yeah. And they were like, how do we, sure, You're like, but I'll figure it out. how do you do a feature with no money and no any, and I was just like, let me just, I'll, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just do it. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, for, you know, it was like, I would design a commercial, take that money, do, do a few days here and there. And um, yeah. yeah, it was all, it was my, you know. Just you know, a- a- ambitious madness to be like, let's just, yeah, we could do it. Let's we just could. keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that engine building process, I honestly think, is a very appropriate segue into today's main event. I need to make it clear to you all that Ariel is wearing a necklace replica 
of <laughs> of a bracelet worn by one of the two main characters in the movie, RRR. RRR, of course, being the story of uh, two fighters in their own regard, a man named Beam who lives in a, a rural tribe. The movie begins with a, a young member, a little girl named Molly, being taken from that tribe by evil white oppressors. Governor Scott, who runs the, the state area in that part of India, on behalf, of course, of the British, of the crown. And that child is taken, which means Beam needs to go to the city in order to find Molly and bring her home, along the way encountering the most formidable soldier of the crown in all the land Ram and the two of them their pa- their paths cross as though destiny brought them together but who knows what's going to happen over the next three hours of the movie to bring them closer and possibly tear them asunder as they become friends to enemies enemies to friends we've we're going to spoil the entire movie, guys, but, like, if you want to just stop now until you watch RRR, I will leave it open-ended in that way for you to experience it as as fresh and new, and then uh, look forward to the part where uh, a whole zoo of animals is going to jump across the screen like they're fucking Avengers. Yeah, so, if, this, yes. if this comes before you've seen it, please, please, that was one of the, besides encouraging me to see it in the first place, the best things that film Twitter did for me was like, go in blind. So I went and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what year this takes place. I didn't know it was based on a true story. I didn't know you know, what language it was in. I was just like, let's see this movie. Um, maybe like me, you came to be aware of RRR when it was still being called Rise, Roar, Revolt. I did not meet uh, Ariel until this year shortly after she had seen RRR for the first time, which means appropriately that I met Ariel after her life had changed forever, having experienced (laughs) RRR. And that is the movie we are here to talk about today. And we're talking about two characters, right? Like, this is a package deal. I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not breaking the rules. That uh, no, just no. The entire movie. They're a real yin and yang. I mean, it's yeah. it's one it's one soul here. Yeah, yeah. The, the the friendship between Ram and Beam. That's the yeah. Nothing, nothing has ever affected me the way that RR did um, as as a filmmaker, as a as a person, as an audience member. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thank you for not making me do some sort of. I couldn't have come on if you're like you have to pick one of them. No, no, no. Oh, that oh. would have been that would have been really. It would have been disingenuous. It would have been. It would have been inaccurate and unfair. Uh, this. <laughs> is by writer and director S.S. Rajamuli, a Tollywood filmmaker that is Telugu language cinema in India. There are many woods in India. This is just one of them. Not all Indian movies are Bollywood, guys. Not all Indian movies are Bollywood, so stop saying that. And um, this movie is very representative of sort of the bigness and sincerity that can come within Indian action cinema, but it is really kind of... All of those biggest, brightest things that I feel familiar feel familiarized into Indian action cinema with, but sort of fi- sharpened to their finest point, and um, it, their most sort of globally accessible point too. I believe, like this is, we can all access the story of the power of friendship. And I, what I wanted to know from you first off was. You have told me that you didn't necessarily, the first time you watched it, feel the sort of all-encompassing connection to the story because 
it was like, is this gonna, is this movie gonna hurt me? <laughs> like, I see all the ways that this movie is leading to me the story of like friendship and intimacy and connection between these two, these two like brother friends. But it was like, is this gonna hurt me by ending? Somebody is somebody gonna die? Is this gonna be a tragedy? Spoilers, guys, they don't die. <laughs> like, I've just got to tell you that. Thank God. Um, thank God she says. <laughs> so, but like the second time, it sounds like you could really give yourself over to the central relationship in this movie that was so nourishing for you and I wanted to know what that second viewing experience was like because Ariel just in theaters Ariel has seen this uh, I think is it 28 or 29 times Uh, 28 28 28. times yeah that's just in theaters (laughs) like she surely watched it at home Many more times, but so and that's that's not like a that's not like a LOL kind of thing. That's just I just need you guys to know like the level of connection we're talking about here. So what was that second experience like of watching RRR where you could really relinquish yourself to it? By the end, which I saw someone else online sum it up as like a victory lap is mm. by the by the forest fight. It's like maybe even by the jail you can you can tell. So I think even it was but it was by the end that was my last like thirty minutes of yeah. like. No, this this is it. This is everything I've ever wanted to see. Up until that point, mm-hmm. I was so in love but so scared that yeah. it was going to do the like, yeah, and then one of them will die and the other one will carry it through the end. Now we gotta I raise had, the stakes by killing somebody. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not about friendship. It'll be about it'll be about this, you know, d- d- tragic point. Um so I'd seen uh, tweets about that there is apparently a film with um, as much, as much if not better, action as Mad Max Fury Road, mm-hmm. but which is another favorite of yours. Exactly. Yeah, got a big poster up on the wall. Yeah, and um, but with like the sincerity and earnestness of of a friendship and brotherhood and. The first time I saw it, I remember screen capping on my phone. I was like, "Wait, what is this?" And then I saw someone else also saying, "Best action." just completely genuine, you know, mm-hmm. sentimental film. And I was like, okay, everyone is just describing my dream movie. <laughs> like, but, yeah, the whole time watching it, it wasn't until the, yeah, the the, the end of the film, even prior to the, the, the end credit dance number. This is just my, it was my number, like the Spotify rap. It was like, you've listened to this just hundreds of times. What's wrong? <laughs> I think that that euphoric moment yes. <laughs> was happening even just at the very end when I realized okay. that it really was just a celebration of friendship and joy and hope. Um, and I didn't know that they were, you know, I didn't know anything based in, in history yet. I, I knew nothing about, um, you know, then immediately it became my, you know, hyper fixation to like, I got to know how this you know, came came to be. But I right. just literally didn't know the director of the cast. But yeah, I'd say the, the last half an hour I was just um, at an Alamo draft house, which I just going going back to you know V Noir and something in the dirt finally being able to share that with audiences this yeah. fall as the pandemic was um, was happening um, Amy Simons' She Dies Tomorrow mm. was going to be at South by Southwest and you were a production designer on that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and and she's just just the most amazing like just one of my biggest heroes and mm-hmm. um, she's incredible and um, unfortunately the pandemic happened then as the world was shutting down I drove to Austin anyway South by was canceled but I was going to go meet people and, and celebrate yeah. Austin celebrate South by and um uh when it all fell apart and then not, no one ended up coming to Austin anyway I got there only got to meet a couple people there and decided before heading back as the world was clearly over I was just going to do a kind of mini tour of the Alamo draft houses in Austin yeah. like I watched it was 
Parasite, Little Women, and Jojo Rabbit. I just was hopping around to different Alabama draft houses uh-huh. before driving back and being like, well, I don't know when I'll see a movie again. And it was kind of mind-blowing <laughs> in, yeah, in, in hindsight to be like, that it was a good like two years when I was directing um, trim season and people started going back to the theater. I was like, I can't, uh, I can't risk you know, getting, getting COVID or anything. So I didn't really go back to the theater until, yeah. um, until early 2022. And just, yeah, it was like my third or fourth, you know, really getting back into uh, Katie Simon, my, my best friend and production designer of everything I direct, art director of everything I design. Um, like, I was like, hey, I hear this, this film seems pretty, pretty up my alley. Like, do you want to, <laughs> you know, they're doing this encore. Apparently it already came out, but they're doing this encore on June 1st. Do you want to go? And, just that serendipity of like in 2020, as the world was ending, went to a few Alamo draft houses, savored the you know movie experience, and then it was the downtown LA Alamo draft house. They did it was going to be one night only, <laughs> one night only. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that night we were both so pumped. We came home. My my roommate later was like, "You guys were like the Kool Aid man, <laughs> like <we just laughs> bursting through the wall, through the door." We're like, "We just saw the best thing ever." My sister's a personal trainer as well. I'm like, "Miranda, give me some arm workouts. <laughs> I need to be able to do pull ups now." <laughs> just like maniacs of the house. So uh, yeah, and then I kept fortunately uh, variance film and films and uh, potente films with um. They they kept playing it, and I was yeah. My mind was literally just blown in terms of what a movie could be. Everything I'd always wanted to see and experience and yeah. make. So I just couldn't. Uh, yeah, I think New York also kept playing it at the IFC Theater. Fortunately, in Los Angeles, it just kept playing. So I just kept. I was like, this is this is the reminder that I needed. Like. 20 years after seeing Lord of the Rings and mm-hmm. wanting to make films, you know, and everything with the pandemic, just being in those theaters and seeing how it moved people and how it moved me. I was like, this is... <laughs> this yeah, you is described this. it to me as like, this is the spark that I needed to love what I do again. Like, this can be so arduous and it can take so much time and there can be so much time between the work and the payoff itself. I remember you describing to me multiple times being like, this made me feel the fire again to want to do this work. Exactly. I, I, I having uh, designed for so long and, and wanting to wanting to direct and what an impossible dream for just like a, you know, yeah. uh, nobody from a small town to be like, I want to, I have no connections or nothing, but I want to, I want to do this. Um the piece that I'd made for myself was like, maybe I'll make something someday that's exactly what I want to see. And even if it's for no one else film, yeah. like they say, obviously make, make what you want and be, be true to that. Um, <clears throat> so chasing that dream, I'd also certainly never thought that anyone else maybe wanted to see what I wanted to see. <laughs> like, clearly, you know, people want their action movies to be, you know, a lot more reserved, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, yeah, to not only, I mean, experience RRR if it hadn't taken off the way that it did. Yeah, yeah. Would have, again, like just for the rest of my life, like the title of your you know podcast, like I felt so, so seen and so um, enlivened and inspired. But to see that everyone else was responding, like the hours long conversations and like lobbies afterwards that I've had with strangers. Yeah, I was like, literally I've watched you have hours long conversations <laughs> with strangers in lobbies. Like that's that's not a hyper hyperbole it's not uh, a what if <laughs> it's 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 true and and even if that even if i never got to make films again but as someone who's you know all the scripts that i have all my dream scripts you know centered on that and i was like oh these you know sentimental yeah. you know unabashed displays of friendship told through in, insane feats of you know of, yeah. of, of, of action and um larger mm-hmm. than life situations i was just like mm-hmm. 
I can't. I should be able to on a on a podcast, but I I cannot put to words, you know, just like what that did to my my brain and heart to be like, oh, other people actually, you know, feel the same. I thought like literally maybe people didn't want, you know, these, you know, unsubtle, you yeah. know, tearful expressions of you know unconditional love for other mm. people. I was like, I'm just being. I'll do it anyway. No one's gonna care about my films or stories, but <laughs> maybe a couple people. I'll 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 do it, and this is what I want to do. And, uh, yeah, there was definitely an element. One of the screenings I went to, I think it was the one on the roof, <laughs> so, where I just felt, um, you know, moved to, to tears almost, of even just as a filmmaker, if I never got to make the films that I really, you know, all of my own scripts that I dream of, mm-hmm. the, just this encapsulation of just what I value about the human experience, just this this love and sacrifice and celebration at the end of, of mm-hmm. joy. Not that there's anything wrong with, you know, extremely tragic or bittersweet endings, <laughs> yeah. but maybe maybe it's where I am in my life right now where I was like, I just... I like a happy fucking ending, yeah. man. <laughs> Call me basic. Call me what you want. Give me that goddamn... Give me impossible survival. Please. Give me they came out unscathed. Don't give me stakes. Make Gail and Sydney live forever exactly. in the Scream franchise. I don't need it to be brought down to reality or grounded. I live in reality okay. where it's grounded. Exactly. That's that's what that's what I needed. I think just again, I Lord of the Rings. I remember once was unloading a truck for like a film, like a commercial art department job, and it like hit me. Sam's speech when he was like, "And these are the stories that meant something, even when you were too young to know why." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy shit, that's me! I was ten and I didn't know why, but it moved me." Yeah. Was just like, <laughs> it was like all these different. I'm sure, like Sam Weiss. Sam, yeah, yeah. yeah like Sam when he's, ta- he's talking to Frodo about the old yeah. stories, and um, yeah, RR is the first and only thing since I was ten and saw Lord of the Rings that was like, this is, this just is everything I've wanted to feel and see about the world. Um, well, as a as an avowed <laughs> Samwise myself, I am hundred percent, and um, I know that like I I in my identification comes up on this pod a lot, guys. In my identification of my queerness, panromantic, gray, asexual, the 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 notion of just friends has always been an insulting sort of turn of <laughs> phrase to me. It's a really popular colloquialism. Well, we're just friends. There's no just about friendship to me, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons why like. Stories of, like, toxic female friendship in cinema have always appealed so much to me. It's like, it's fun, it's salacious, it's a good time. But also, really, until lately, those are the closest approximations I could Mm -hmm. find, really, of the notion of something like friendship that expands beyond the vernacular we have Mm -hmm. to discuss it. That, like, it's not a sexual romance, it's not quite a romance, but it's it's more than what we as a heteronormative, socialized society would consider to be the bounds of a friendship. Mm -hmm. It's an expanded and greater um, kind of intimacy. And and so that is where, like, I have had to find my identity in a, something like a Jennifer's body where it's, like, a, a friendship so close that it, like, approaches, like, an ESP-level connection, that, like, invisible string between two people. And I don't want anybody... <laughs> I want you to know that Ariel is acting out a small scene from RRR in the booth right now that uh, invokes this exact scenario that I'm talking about. Um, Rom in the jail cell buried under the ground. If you, if you know, you know. Uh, but so, to... I completely understand what you are saying in the sense of, like, I didn't think that anybody else, because it's never been proven to me, was interested in showing this boundless, limitless, intimate connection via a friendship that could stand on its own and wasn't compared to something else as greater than or less than. And to hear Rajamouli talk, and in a Q&A I went to uh, with you as well, um, to hear Rajamouli talk about, like, no, this was just a movie about a friendship. 
Like, you can ask me all these other contextualizing questions, but, like, this is a movie about a friendship. Like, that was the point. That was the goal. He built three hours musical numbers and sprawling battle scenes around a friendship. And so I wanted to hear from you about why is that important to you? I've just told you why it's important to me. I've told everybody at home. Why is that important to you? I mean, I think that's one of the, you know, the reasons we instantly connected so much was that same, mm-hmm. you know, that same value and 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 strange debates I've had about, you know, uh, the romance films and being like, I'm not saying there shouldn't be any, but it's a strange... <laughs> it's any hiatus, guys. It's done. <laughs> We've been there. I was like, it's the, I was like it, what was strange was it being the be-all, end-all of mm-hmm. human significance to each other. Yeah. Being these you know, sexual relationships between two people, yeah, you these, know. These monogamously connected sexual relationships, you are my, you're the beginning and end. I withhold other things because you are my receptacle for how I process this world. And it's like, but uh, what if I have a tapestry of people in my life who are the most personal and close individual could possibly be to me where I exercise this through like various aspects of of people in in, in my experience. Yeah, that display of... You know, for lack of a better, you know, non-transactional, not like, oh, you're going to be this relationship. You'll have to make these compromises. We could click in so many ways, but if this doesn't work, then it's not going to, you know, just this, you know, love at first sight, platonic, Mm -hmm. the unconditional, you know, love and adoration and support and all the things that I feel, like I said, you know, I would come back to Katie and Kim and these people in my life, mm-hmm. and yeah, any any insinuation that they would be like, you know, oh, this is this is the lesser than. This will mm-hmm. be the step zone to eventually the person you you end up with is. Mm-hmm. I I feel like again the 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 idea of the, the the feeling seen in films. It's not. I'm well aware there's no lack of. Um, you know, bromances or, you know, (laughs) it was the friends we made along the way, you know, like that's (laughs) obviously a very, very common trope, but it being actually the the be all end all, not like, well, it was a friendship amidst a love triangle, amidst a boy, boy, girl team up, you know, friendship saving the world isn't new and, and I'm sure and would welcome plenty of other suggestions (laughs) have been amassing them, but it not being... <clears throat> second tier or anything mm-hmm. to like okay but also the hero fell in love along the way and that's that's what's really you know yeah. what's really important here just being like these two people you know going through these you know, ins- insurmountable odds and just then the extents that they would go to you know for each other you know is what they would do to save each other um, that yeah that's always what I've been wanting to do myself and, yeah. and, and like I said it was going to do anyway it wasn't necessarily that I was going to not try to make these films, but I definitely assumed I was trying to do something that other people didn't, you know, didn't care for as much. And to just experience that, even if no one else had, you know, liked it as much and it hadn't continued for months and months. (laughs) RRR for Oscars. (laughs) 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 So to see, to be in these audiences and see these other people also just move to tears and gasping and talking afterwards of people who also like, when Ram is taking down these you know, final few soldiers even after being stabbed in the back so that Beam can get away and yeah. Beam ripping the jail cell door off for his friends. Like, <laughs> the, the, like just that, uh, you know, again, like Laura well, what, like, what is the line? Your friendship, your friendship is... Uh, you know, more precious than this life to me. <laughs> yes, your friendship is more precious than this life to me. <laughs> and, you know, I can't necessarily pinpoint when the... Um, I mean, somewhere around Lord of the Rings, I'm sure, but... These larger than life displays of I would I would again joke before I was like I want to make Mad Max with like more hugs yeah, um, yeah. but I was like so being like oh it's not that there wouldn't be the most true to our regular lived experience of 
some story of friendship told on like the football field. <laughs> but I was like, I just everything about that's interesting to me about cinema or, you know, theater, you know, I, I grew up with theater background before I knew that independent filmmaking was a thing. And those, you know, ex- expressions of, of, of friendship to me, the larger than life stakes like that was it's mm-hmm. Sam carrying Frodo up Mount Doom it was like that's yeah it's the what is the what is the biggest personification of of friendship of love um so yeah RR it's like they keep carrying each other in various scenes it's yes like, literally, literally 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 carrying each other <laughs> physically carrying one another if not emotionally carrying one another well and I think that I think the way you know the, the way you emphasize this and like talking about how like something hadn't sort of resonated for you in that way since get 20 years prior in something like Lord of the Rings um I think people people who don't necessarily um organize their lives the way perhaps you know me and you do is how rare this is that we get to see this, like how truly rare and how often we are headcanoning our way through relationships on screen to be like, I can see how that fits like a part of my experience, but then it always comes, it always comes to an end. There's always a kind of limit to it. And I think what this movie does beautifully well is the limitlessness with which it frames Rom and Beam's dedication to one another. And it's like, yes, yes, accurate. Finally, accurate. Yeah, and the unabashed sentiment to see, mm-hmm. you know, like these, you know, in a cynical world, yeah. is unironic and un- unabashed sentiment. Yeah, that the, these these the heroes capable of these feats, and then being like, oh, you know, I'm going to carry my friend, you know, because he he danced, you know, too <laughs> yeah. hard, like, you know, wiping, you know, wiping the blood away and having, you know, a, a tear in your eyes. It's like, and it, it isn't like I need to save this, you know. You know, the hot love interest. You know that, that I just. You know, it's like no, Robin Beamer, each other's hot love interest. <laughs> exactly. Just uh, like, Ariel doesn't want me to talk about the thirst gifts she sends of <laughs> Rob Sherrod. She's not sent. She's only minimally sending those. She's sending the friendship gifts of them tenderly touching each other's faces. But every once in a while, there's like a video. There's a gif of Rob Sherrod working out. I mean, like, well, there's a lot of gifts on the internet. When you go- <laughs> I don't want to repeat any. I got to keep it. You keep do. It you, you have. You have to build, keep building your library. It's time for a break, but when we come back, it is more RRR with Ariel Vida, including the ways that the film has inspired her creatively. Then you'll have one quick thing about the much anticipated, um, by me, by millions of others, by gays on the internet, new Blumhouse movie, Megan, starring the one and only Allison Williams opposite A Killer Robot. We will talk about that at the end. My fellow graduates, for 500 episodes, my podcast, The JV Club with Janet Varney, has gathered story after story of all the scandalous things we've done throughout our childhoods. Wait, what's happening? Stories like how Jamila Jamil survived a horrific house party and she was on crutches. This is great. Or how Hal Lublin learned a Shakespearean monologue in his pajamas. This is not the speech we approve. Without your love and life tragedies, there would be no podcast. In fact, I'll have an exclusive look at how Maggie Lawson's mom confronted her after a sneaky basement meetup with her crush. Spill the tea, JV. Security! Uh, uh, listen to the JV Club with Janet Varney Thursdays on Maximum Fun! Class of forever! 
Hey, I'm Ben. And I'm Adam. We host a show called Greatest Trek on Maximum Fun that covers all the new Star Trek shows, Lower Decks, Strange New Worlds, Picard, Prodigy, Discovery, and any other new Star Trek show Paramount throws at us. Come find out why we're the most important Star Trek podcast on the internet with our funny, <laughs> informative recaps of all the new Star Trek shows that Paramount keeps churning out. Subscribe to Greatest Trek. It's a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of The Greatest Generation. Welcome back to Feeling Seen. I'm talking with Ariel Vida about S.S. Rajamouli's epic RRR, and the two BFFs at the center of it all, Rom and Beam. With Lord of the Rings coming, obviously at such an early age, and then, you know, it's like bookending these, let's let's bookend your, you know, an era of your life with like Lord of the Rings on one side and put RRR on the other. In the middle of that, obviously, you grow up and you start discovering filmmaking and storytelling. And even like things that you worked on a decade ago have <laughs> these have like introduced these themes into your creative life as a as a maker yourself of like pair bonded like bros loving one another and then like coming into like work I know that you're developing now for like putting into the you know like making in the future that is still like a, like that salmon frodo that ramen beam like since you it seems like since you started making stuff for yourself that has been the principle around which it has been built when you've kind of been your most true in what you're expressing out there. <clears throat> Falling into the art department once, going back to the Lord Huron connection, once I did the World Ender video and it felt like the first time in LA that I was able to, you know, show what I wanted to make. It's very stylized. It's mm-hmm. very action-packed as a, as a director. Um, I remember that first conversation where you were like, I where you said Mad Max with more hugs, and you're like, I want to just like make really stylish action movie about friendship. I was like, <laughs> it was the stepbrothers. Did we just become best friends? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, send me a text to Jordan. I was like, send me all other films that are like this. Because, <laughs> but after, after World Ender, and I mean, I don't know if like, you know, financially I would have survived, but I was like, I clearly have to stop designing, and how do I just, you know, how do I focus without the resources that some people have on on directing Mm -hmm. and I had just been doing a handful of um you know, kind of again. I think we were all just you know paying paying the bills, little jobs with um, the rustic team, mm-hmm. and had I think vowed like to my my roommate even that I was getting out of production design, and then I read the script for The Endless, mm-hmm. and that was you know obviously actual you know in in the context of the story actual brothers, but yeah, The Endless, um, you know touching on touching on a lot of those themes was what you know brought me back or kept me in mm-hmm. you know in, in in production design and obviously mm-hmm. I'm so grateful now everything that we've done since then but uh yeah that was I just remember like pouring through the endless script and that was also you know obviously the you know the 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 devotion that the brothers have that's you know the issues of communication you know and all of these different mm-hmm. um you know problems that they're working through in a heightened sci-fi you know in, environment it mm-hmm. was I literally just remembered I think the living room was dark maybe the sun had rose and I never turned the lights on because I was just devouring the script and I immediately made a breakdown <laughs> I was like I want to design this like what do I have to do <laughs> and uh yeah of that you know so much of design you know up to that point and then obviously you know very frequently since then has you know um you know been Difficult in different ways um, to, uh, yeah, the prioritization of time with also, you know, wanting to write and direct the actual stories that are being told, 
you know, commercials and music videos, just, you know, to the ones that are are more to pay the bills. And um, yeah, rustic films and just doing the endless in the first place was another. I was just like, oh, yeah, this is the kind of thing that, you know, if I get hit by a bus, you know, it's just like, you know, (laughs) Justin's character, you know, trying to provide for Aaron and all these different things. I was like, this was that that moved me to the point that if it wasn't for the actual script of the endless, Mm -hmm. I I don't know exactly where I'd be, but I don't think I would have stayed with production design because I hadn't actually had anything resonating up to that point um, the way that the endless had. Mm -hmm. What I wonder Having made earlier work that does adhere to these these same like really strong themes for you, and then having like this thing that you're like, I need to leave production design behind so I can focus on my my directing. I'm a director, and then having those resonant themes pull you back into this career and, and keep you there for a while longer, and then coming into like making your own scripts, like at a time where you're going to be making your own scripts as a filmmaker and having scripts in your back pocket that adhere to these themes even still, that like are still these stories of of sort of companionship and questing together in beautiful landscapes. Now having experienced RRR, my question would be, what about your work that you are going to be putting out into the world or developing next, what does RRR do as in terms of like sort of demonstrating possibility for like scripts that you have or scripts that you almost have like did watching RRR kind of allow you to focus things in certain ways where like well no I can go bigger on this or I can go further on this or I can be more unabashed on this in ways that maybe you previously felt like well maybe I have to tamp that down a little bit like what is the sort of long tail in that in the respect of you as a creator what a good question (laughs) (laughs) You're really good at this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think I want to say that I wouldn't have, you know, that I hadn't gotten to the point. One of my dream scripts I hope to do very soon is this uh, this weird Western. And I love that it's weird Western. I love that that's like, it's not the title of this movie, but the maybe it might as well be the working title of this movie is weird Western. Yeah, I mean, because there's so there's so many short stories and not uh, not a lot of not a lot of films um, doing it, uh, just anthologies of short stories. But um, yeah, this this weird Western baby of mine for seven or eight years now that I've been developing it. Um, is touching on all of those themes, and I don't think that I'd gotten to the point by any means where I was like, oh, I'll have to actually, in the final execution of it, like, really, you know, dial this down to be this, you know, serious, you know, un- unfeeling, you know, yeah. like, we can't <laughs> shoulder clasp at best, no hugs, yeah. you know? Like, I, <laughs> Bros only shoulder clasp. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was certainly in the back of my head, like, a little bit of a, a timidness that, you know, my, my friends, um, my one of my closest friends and also ridiculously talented graphic designer of everything I've ever directed or designed, all of Rustic Films, things we've done together. Uh, Kim um, is always so good at uh, uh, translating the stories when I send her a script to like what <laughs> I was trying to say. And I'm like, you said it better even than, than I could have. But um, that, I, you know, I was aware that it was there, but it's not like I thought that I could necessarily go into a, a room and, and, mm. and, and pitch on behalf of that. You know, that would yeah. be the secret thing I was trying to actually slip in in the coverage with these, you know, mm. ramen beams, you know, these these beautiful moments. I was like, well, certainly no one's in Hollywood, like, looking for that. I'll do it anyway, but that'll be the secret, like, thing I'm trying to do yeah. under the radar. And, um, but, yeah, it was, like I said, seeing it in RRR, I was like, this is, this is you know, this is celebrating, you know, in terms of our brief time on this planet, what people can do for each other, these 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 friendships, these just unconditional connections with other people. Mm. Um, yeah, to be able to go into a room and, 
um, you know, I guess, you know, speak speak confidently to it, you know, pitch it as, you know, part of the main core and not feel like it needed to have this, you know, to be secondary again to some sort of other element that was more, I don't know, uh, I haven't had this experience yet to say how it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, certainly made me in these long conversations I've had afterwards, you know, with people from, you know, all ages and all backgrounds also yeah. being like, oh, yeah, when, you know, <clears throat> when, when Ram is trying to make sure that, you know, his final moments to make sure that Beam and Molly, you know, get to safety, the same things that resonate with, you know, with people, just that, um, you know, just that that energy, however it goes in an actual, you know, <laughs> room within exec- executives to be able to, on my own side at night when I'm, you know, stressing over these projects to have seen how these things move people, you know, the, the, the moments I've spoken to people who are like, I was going through a really hard time and, you know, whether they have a rom to their beam, you know, in their in yeah. their life, or that that kind of thing, or just the individual feats um, from the characters, you know, the um, you know, to me, I remember when 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 obviously Rom fights off all those people, and then he doesn't even get you know selected to be a special officer. It's yeah. like that resonated pretty hard to that, you know, <laughs> ten, ten, <laughs> yes. ten years in, in Hollywood, and it's like I think that just that energy of you have absolutely fought infinity, <laughs> infinity on onco- <laughs> infinity onslaught of people, and then then, then like. <laughs> Nope. Now, <laughs> but now though. So so it's like, yeah. It's like you know maybe in the right room someone would be like oh yeah like RR did really well but it's less like the the the, the spoken word of you know like bringing it bringing it up in some sort of big meeting but that inspiration in the back of my head being like no 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 I know this will you know move people just you know beyond just me or just me and Kim and Katie you yeah. know like this resonates with other people and this you know just as a as a filmmaker aside from the the core of friendship, you know, just the way that it it sets up so beautifully, you know, the things that attracted me to production design, these larger than life, theatrical, beautiful, you know, yeah. frames that they have, you know, the flaming, you know, the flaming tire, you know, passing, <laughs> passing by Ram and the, the, the barbed wire, all of these beautiful, beautiful shots of the designer, VFX supervisor and cinematographer, like just, again, to me in terms of this just full, I guess it's, I guess it's maximalism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's maximalism. Full, maximalism. Maximalist, you know, visuals as well as emotion. To me, while I prep things, when I started finding out how Rajamule was prepping his, um, <clears throat> working from the very onset with a uh, concept artist of these moments, of these three or four hero moments per scene, and then developing the, the scene and the action to serve these moments. Mm-hmm. Over the pandemic, for the first time, you know, in the in the few months that film was down entirely, that is what Katie and I were doing for the Western mm-hmm. without even knowing just that being the first step to me was, were these pivotal, you know, moments of, you know, and, and again, in that case, it was like someone, you know, standing over their friend fighting, you know, cataclysmic odds, you know, <laughs> on behalf of their friend. And, and I was having Katie, you know, draw these these encapsulations of that. And to see that that's how, you know, it, it certainly feels that way. These aren't accidental, beautiful shots. You know, these yeah. are these are the, you know, he said, like the, the pearls that he's stringing together, you know, that these these action sequences, these set pieces are serving. And but again, they're not just for some sort of, you know, cool factor. They're these beautiful moments of, again, like what they will do for each other and having that literally be the core just in the filmmaking process of being able to with my team, with my designer, with my cinematographer to be able to, um, yeah, they're like, you know, distilling, you know, the, the Western, for instance, into being like, you mm-hmm. know, these these images that resonate because of, you know, what the characters mean to each other. And I think just... At, at every moment now <laughs> to be able to go back and be like, that's what Rajamali was saying that he was doing. And yeah. this is this is how it, you know, came across. They weren't, you know, just, you know, 
editing for um, I don't know the 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 economy of a of a tight action sequence. It was like what is what is the heart? What is the emotion of you mm-hmm. know why this person is you know <laughs> lifting up their friend or going to these stakes? You know, being able to have the coverage embrace someone you know screaming in anguish or you know what they what they'll do for their their cause and their loved ones is again just completely unabashed unsubtle you know mm-hmm. like love um and uh yeah what what humans are you know capable of or obviously it's larger than life but that's again that's what i was looking for i wanted to see these you know huge feats i feel like i had boiled down plenty of my own dream dream really expensive like sci-fi script to like <laughs> underestimating this friendship is what you know like yeah. save the world and to actually have something that was just these friends you know taking down you know these horrible horrible odds and with such again joy and and uncynical like celebration of 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 life again obviously things like lord of the rings you know bittersweet moments even as as a kid that was very defining but maybe it's just what the past 10 years have felt like you know what recent events have felt like of just seeing seeing that kind of joy and the the dance and rajamali spoke about the the final number being this you know celebration that these actual freedom fighters didn't even live to see and giving them that um that moment of like you know just just joy and celebration of what happened i think that that is what i needed right now <laughs> like, <laughs> as a person not just as a filmmaker i needed that just hope and joy well i think that i think um as a as like a winding down thought i i think that a thing that can't be underestimated and you you can you can lose track of it uh, until you really think about it but i think something that is underestimated is the power of having a shorthand but it's nice when you see something that gives you a shorthand to refer to so other people can access this thing that maybe your explanation of it doesn't quite elucidate the reality as much as this example. Be like, you know, it's like, like <laughs> you said, like going into pitch meetings, it's not something that, like before it might follow something you had to sneak in and this very true core of what you're making, you had to like sneak <laughs> it in later, it wouldn't be part of like the headline. But what you can now have as, as a shorthand is like, well, think RRR. <laughs> and, and to be able to give people tangible and, you know, joyfully maximalist things to say like, well, imagine it like this. Then it's like, oh, fucking shit. Like, oh, okay. I feel that now. Like, that hits me now for you mm-hmm. to say it like that. And it's hard to not have a shorthand and to have to constantly caveat and define and explain and re-explain. Um, so it's nice to have things that just give us those endpoints to be able to share with other people. And to feel, obviously, it moves, <clears throat> you know, so many different audiences. And mm-hmm. as soon as I saw it, that June 1st, Katie and I saw it together. And, you know, our first thought, we're like, that's us. Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. We're, like, we're, yeah, we're yeah. running around the apartment, you know, like the, immediately the amount of, t- you know, um, unspoken things we have, you know, on set together and now nonstop have done their little, you know, their little hand signals from the first time they meet to the very end when they're, <laughs> you know, going towards the, towards Governor Scott. It's like, you know, that completely resonated, not with obviously one of the, you know, most important relationships of my entire life. But yeah. then the amount of people still adoring the movie so much, but being like, I want what they have. <laughs> the amount of people on, on, on Twitter yeah. just being like, you know, how do I how do I get that in my life? And just obviously the immense, um, you know, just just gratitude. And um, I don't know how I got so lucky that, you know, Katie and and and, and multiple people, like I said, like like mm-hmm. Kim, the, you know. Hannah, the production designer who taught me everything I know, it's like, you know, seeing people resonate with that, but also being like, oh, how do you, you know, the amount of people who are like, wow, I wish I had that. And I'm like, 
You're like, like yeah, holy you do. shit! Like, yeah, you do. Honestly, how did I get? How did I? How did I get so lucky um, to? Yeah, to be, you know, writing and, and, and longing for it to put to screen, but also have it in my own life, which I'm sure is, you know. Another reason I want to put it on screen. My yeah. entire childhood, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't, you know, remotely um, be, be remiss for for twenty years to not mention um, Chelsea as well. Like my just childhood best friend. She's mm-hmm. back in Michigan right now, but I'm just like the idea of not having a rom to your beam. I'm like that's that's what I've known. You know, maybe it's like that is what yeah. that is that is what defines you know that is what defines my my, mm-hmm. my my life. You know, it's 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 my friends who have defined me. It's my friends that are the reason mm-hmm. I'm you know here at all. So um, yeah, I just if I can if I can. Make anything that moves people one one hundredth you know mm-hmm. of the way um that RR has. But like I said, just sitting, it was on a it was on a roof, it was kind of raining, there weren't many other people there. <laughs> but just watching it and being like, but even if I got you know, run over tomorrow. Like someone could always, <laughs> someone could always point to RRs. Like, well, that's what I, that's what I felt. Like, that's what I felt about the the world. This just celebration, larger than life. Yeah. You know, love and joy and action and dancing and motorcycles and fire and horses. <laughs> I was like, that's me. No matter what, you know. Yes. Now it's not here on this podcast. You could point to like, well, that's that's what Ariel felt about the world. <laughs> well, that is, I think, Ariel. That is the perfect closing note for this conversation so thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me on the record this time about RRR I truly appreciate it there's a yeah nothing that encapsulates me as a person or as a filmmaker more than RRR and Jordan has uh, you know witnessed me Mm -hmm. in in conversation but also just right next to me at the theater just like vibrating (laughs) just like just the sheer uh joy that it that it brings me and um yeah i'm just so grateful to have to have been here and thank you so much for having me thank you again to ariel vita Thank you so much uh, for RRR Nation out there. Nation spanning the world over. A global community. Thanks you. You can rent her new movie, Vide Noir, on pretty much any streaming platform. And you can also find out there, widely, Something in the Dirt, the latest from Rustic Films, her most recent uh, collaboration as production designer, occasional second unit director, uh, and all-around valuable contributor something in the dirt check it out support independent cinema as we always tell you if you want to watch rrr a theater is the best place and it is still making its way around the landscape as it pursues those oscar nominations but until a screening comes to your town you can watch it online it is available in a variety of languages on netflix but it is not available on netflix in its native language of telugu so that is on z5 if you want to watch it in the original language, you have to stream it via Z5. And I think that's a worthwhile experience. And now I have that one quick thing before I go. Guys, get out there and watch Megan. Like, I've been waiting for this for months. Uh, a friend told me in the spring, they were, they'd were they seen a very advanced screening and they were like, I can't tell you a single detail about this movie because I'm sworn to secrecy. But what I can tell you is this is gonna be your favorite movie of 2023 and that Megan, Megan, the killer robot character, will be your new, like, feeling scene avatar. All of that information was correct. Uh, Megan is a fantastic time. It is from Gerard Johnstone, who is the director of the excellent New Zealand horror comedy Housebound. And it is from the writer of Malignant, Akela Cooper. 
Um, that is worth the price of admission alone, but there's so much more. It also stars uh, one of my favorite talents and one of my favorite presences as a public figure, Allison Williams, who's really got a, she is a finely curated film career and you should always bet on Allison Williams. Uh, I, I'm such a believer in that that I actually wrote a profile about her that you can find for Wired Magazine at Wired.com. It is an Honestly, it's excellent. It's really good. Uh, I'm really proud of it. And it is it is an exploration of sort of the point of profiles themselves in an age when we have uh, so many parasocial relationships stretched across social media platforms. And also, what is the, the meaning and purpose of authenticity in an age of so much self-manufacture and how uh, Allison's point of view on those things as somebody who participates in those processes and and routines and rituals as a public figure like you know i feel like public figures you guys these are the original influencers our movie stars our music stars you know since joan crawford didn't want you know if you want the girl next door go find the girl next door since she was an object of myth created from head to toe uh the stars have been manipulating the image machine and now we simply have the power of that in our hands that's a kind of phenomenon and a kind of uh, act that me and allison explore in the piece uh, and the movie is, it's frankly excellent. The reviews are tumbling in and they're frankly excellent. So if you've been excited to watch Megan do choreo since you saw the trailer for the first time in October and fan edits of her set to various exquisite pop songs, I think your patience will be rewarded if you get out there and watch this wonderful, uh, hilarious, and guys, I can't lie, at times moving tale of love, friendship, dedication, uh, robots, and murder. So go check out Megan. That is your duty to me as somebody who loves feeling seen. I'm going to put that on you. That's your responsibility. And that, with that parting message, is our show. You can follow us on Twitter at Pod, or send us an email at feelingseen@maximumfun.org. If you want to follow me, I'm Crew on Twitter. Our theme music is by Andrew Eben. This show is produced by Marissa Flaxbart, our senior producers are Kevin Ferguson and Laura Swisher, and this is a production of Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.